Most of them just want to suck off the system or do something bad like drugs or gangs. And that's all they They care have about. been oppressed. They have it not been given the same the opportunities chances. you have yes, had. Do, but there's always filthy animals. And that you're calling you're calling people of color black no. animals. You're calling them animals. Do we watch, you know, one uh, police brutality video and say, "Oh my god." Um, or do we, you know, find one stat that suits our 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 means and say it's not a problem, you know? Mm -hmm. um how do you really determine it when we have two sides like we'll see in the video the mom saying look at the stats the daughter saying let's watch the video you know but both of them i think play a role to some extent or the other and sheree said it yesterday what's wrong with having both why can't right, you look everything. at stats and talk about that and then why can't you watch videos and talk about the video welcome to x2 and 42 real discussions real opinions real stories and testimonies Real church talk. Welcome to Acts 2 and 42. All right, guys, welcome back to Acts 2 and 42 podcast. I'm Keith. Uh, today, I not only have T and Sheree with me, but we got our good friend and brother, Rashad. What's going on, man? What's up, brother? How are you? <laughs> good, man. Good. So we're, great, we're great. all hyped to have you uh, joining us, just period. Um, I don't oh, think man. we're as hyped for the topic. <laughs> but, um, but nonetheless, it's a needful one. So if you're, if you guys are new, you know, to the podcast, Acts 142 is basically, um, it's a scripture, but it's also the idea or the sediment, um, that we really want to emphasize, uh, Christians coming together for fellowship, to, to break bread for doctrine, um, for prayer, you know, and things of that nature. So, you know, we, we, we come around the table and try to hash out important doctrines, important topics and important subjects. Um, what we have is a, a, a two parents and their daughter um, arguing, and the parents, you know, to be honest, come off like super racist, and the daughter's like catching them being racist on camera. Um, so, what we want to do is we just we just want to talk about that. You know, we're not we're not going to really attempt to hash out who's right or who's wrong because I think both parties are right and wrong in some areas. So um, Rashad's going to help us navigate that terrain, going to help us walk through, um, as well as dealing with stats that are thrown around. And I, that's the part I'm honestly looking forward to. Um, so let, let's play a clip. Let's play a real brief clip just so you can see a highlight. And then, um, and then we'll kind of, you know, get everyone's impressions and uh, go from there. Do you know how many? I, I actually, no, shut up. No. Can you shut your mouth for a minute? No. Do you understand the systematic and historical reason for why they're in that position? don't care. All they want to do is be ghetto. No. Yes, there's no. some that don't, and there's good people. No. Most of them just want to suck off the system or do something bad like drugs or gangs. And that's all they do. They care have about. been oppressed. They have it not been given matter. the they same the opportunities chances. you have yes, had. They do, but there's always filthy animals. And that you're calling you're calling people of color black no. animals. You're calling them animals. Seventy-six percent of the population is white. 13% is black. I if, that. if they were being killed at the exact same rate by police officers, the rate of black people being killed would be 8.9. But it's not. It's 24%. The rate of white people being killed should be about where it is. So they're being killed at a higher rate. So stand against it. If you're not okay with it, so stand against it. You know what else stand against it? When the black people in the ghetto stop carrying an illegal weapon. When the black people in the ghetto stop murdering each other. I'll start caring about cops when they stop killing black people. Um, I'll start caring about black people when they stop killing cops. Well, well, well. <laughs> well, well, well. Rashad, you're the guest. <laughs> so, um, what's your, man, what's your first impressions, man? What, without, like, diving in, you know, what's your first impressions? Uh um, honestly, I have issues with the stats and assumptions that are like basically said by the parents and the daughter. I have issues with the tone the father had. I had issues with the wife condoning his tone. I got issues with, uh, honestly, the psychology of the girl because she's going to learn this behavior. And even if so, in my view, she'll probably eventually uh, date a black person. Right. And she'll condone that type of behavior. Cause that's what she's learning. She's inheriting, you know, I just had, it's, it's, it's toxic. The whole situation's toxic. Uh, honestly, every time I, I watch it, it just, 
you know, it's ineffable. I can't even talk about it. Mm-hmm. So you said, um, she'll learn that behavior or excuse that behavior. What behavior? Uh, the tone. So like, gotcha. obviously he's teaching her, you know? And so, so basically whatever dialogue this is, is obviously common. This happens a lot, mm-hmm. right? We're just seeing a piece of it. Uh, what gives me a greater concern is what happens bef- like after this clip, like what has carried on after this clip was shared with the world, you mm-hmm. know? So okay. it's nasty, honestly. Yeah. What about um, uh, T, Sheree, either of you? Um, first impressions or different impressions than, than Rashad, maybe? Um, I was, uh, well, I'm a parent, so the first thing I thought of was the disrespect of uh, the little girl or whatever. Um, and the lack of respect of the little girl. Uh, also, I thought of... Uh, I thought the same thing that Rashad thought. Uh, she seemed like the type that would, to, in my personal opinion, date the most hood black dude out of spite, despite her parent, and excuse his behavior because he's just acting like this because he's oppressed. And this is how all black... I hate the generalization that they both portrayed, one for the cops, one for the, um, the black people uh, and the white people. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like when anyone generalizes everyone in a group because there's always individual thoughts. There's individual white racists. They're not all white racists. They're individual ghetto black people. They're not all ghetto black people. There's individual bad cops. They're not all bad cops. So I don't like the generalization of it at all. I never did. Um, So uh, that's how I feel about that. Um, Yeah. Mm. Son. I throw a curveball. We'll talk after the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Toys for Um, I mean, initially, of course, because the little girl started off like she was the first one you hear, um, I took issue with the way she addressed her parents, um, but also with the way they responded. You know, I think there was a lack of respect on both parts. You know, both parties were merely responding to statements made instead of considering what was being, what was said, you know, acknowledging when they were out of their element, you know, um, just pulling up a stat or referencing a stat and responding to stats referenced without actually considering, you know, how these things mesh. Um, I find it to be very telling of your intent, you know, you're here just to prove a point. And that's what it seemed like on both sides. Um, I don't like the zero sum, you know, fallacy that seems to be going on here where it's either you're on one side or you're on the other and they, they left no room for middle ground. You know, um, they seem to be very just combative, which turns me off from the conversation altogether. Yeah, I think, Rashad, you were right. Uh, well, all of you. I think all of you um, pointed out some great stuff. But, you know, Rashad, you saying that we're just seeing like a snapshot of their parental, you know, child relationship. Um, yeah. And I said it from the gate. There's bigger issues than the race topic right now. <laughs> like as right. far as this home, um, this is a normal thing. And I can't imagine the areas where, yeah, yeah, they've got much bigger problems than the right. parents' views on race and whatnot. But um, definitely, definitely an issue. You know, definitely an issue. And all these things, you know, are valid things to take issue with. And what really upsets me, man, it's not that, you know, we got four people sitting here right now that all watched this clip and and had a pretty moderate response. You know, saw the faults and, and saw the pros and the cons, saw the points that people were trying to make and saw the faults. But... Man, you look in the comments and they're making a golden image of the child. You know, they're making her to be, you know, oh, the, the, the I don't know. You know what I mean? They're just exalting her and praising her. Um, and I kind of understand why. And I understand why that's all that's in the comments, because you don't want to be the person in the comments that's like, well, <laughs> um, right. and, and then, 
rain on the parade of all these people cheering and then be the person that gets all the tomatoes thrown at you. You know, T, that's your job. You know, so we need yeah. two in the comments. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, what I'm here for. And Rashad, I know you catch heat, you know, for for trying to moderate and, and you know, have discussions with people, you know. Um, oh, yeah. But but it's not a popular thing. So I think that's why the comments are all just outstanding. What what amazing young w- woman she is and what she needs to be leading this world and all this stuff. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, this is this is terrible on, on all accounts, you know. Um, but like I told you guys, the reason why I want to discuss this is I think it's it's definitely comparable to a lot of discussions that are taking place, especially now. Um, so we have people that are, saying i see this and people saying well here are the stats people are saying i see police brutality videos this is a problem um man and and i'll be honest let's let's you know look at some of the video again and and talk further about these points that are trying to be made but we have to slow down mike t you made a great point is like no one's trying to consider no one's you know thinking about what the person has just said and everything's moving at such an alarming rate and it's so hostile you know, I'm not even trying to clean up what the parents said because some of it sounds crazy, you know, but yeah. you're definitely going to sound crazy if you're going at that kind of pace and not slowing mm-hmm. down and say, daughter, I'm not saying that, you know, all people, you know, whatever. What I'm trying to say is this is what I see when I go out or this is what I've experienced or whatever the case may be. Um, so any any further comments you guys want to watch a little bit more and kind of dive in to the point, actually to the points being made or attempted to be made, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that um, one thing that any viewer um, should consider or look out for is the framing. There's a whole lot of reframing of from what's actually being said to what the person wants to respond to. So it's what, what happened was the father stated, you know, there are some who there will always be filthy animals. And so what the daughter did was she made that statement one where now it became, well, you're saying that all Blacks are filthy animals. It's like, no, you framed it that way. That's not what actually was being stated. Right. You know, um, so the audience many times, because we're in this outrage culture, you know, they're not paying attention to the distortion. They're hearing, oh, well, she said he stated that all Blacks were filthy animals, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're responding to that. And she responds to what she interpreted you know, instead of what was actually being stated. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I, another thing I didn't approve of mm-hmm. <laughs> was like um, her, like looking at the camera and stuff, like, you know, it's almost like you could just see the, the, the dopamine being released <laughs> with all the, all the comments and stuff like that. Like, you know, or whatever, like she gave her social justice warrior points. Like she, she, and the fact that she even posted it, that could have been a private conversation. And to me, like you, you didn't have any respect or any thought of what this would do to your parents. They could have lost their job over that. Yeah. Then, then you know, then what? You could be running together with them people that you say you was trying to protect. Right. Because you put your parents on blast like that, you know, um, or you could have get them. They could be in the grocery store and get touched up because you did this, like, you know. And there's a part of me that thinks she'd be sad, but there's a part of me that thinks that she'll turn that around and use it for Justice Warrior points. Mm. Like, so, so I don't, I, I didn't approve on how she went about posting it and stuff like that and, and laughing and smirking and all that stuff, just soaking it all up. So that bothered me too. Well, I think part of that's a result of the, the, the culture, you know, especially with mm-hmm. the, a lot of the industries being more left-leaning um, and taking every opportunity they have to point out injustice, even if it's just perceived injustice or racism, you know? So when you have that, and some argue that started in colleges, you know, and kind of trickled its way down. Um, but when you have so many institutions that are promoting this, you know, you call out, it's, it's see something, say something, you know? So now when she sees it, her first response mm-hmm. is to pick up her phone and gather supporters, you know? Um, and it makes her an instant celebrity. Right. That part I don't like. Um, yeah. It's almost as if she comes off like she's trying to school her parents on a TikTok dance move about, you know, <laughs> black culture, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. And they're intellectualizing it and there's a lot of pandering with it. Um, that part I don't appreciate specifically 
because it's not really to T's point earlier, there's a false dichotomy being pre- presented, false dichotomy being two extremes and no middle ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I find that challenging. There's there's tons of fallacies, by the way, to unpack just from watching this. It's like a nightmare for me just to watch it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, now, since it's such a nightmare to watch, do we want to watch some more? Absolutely. Sure. Okay. But before right. you do before you do play the, play the clip, I wanted to throw out a fallacy I think is important so that the viewer can observe this fallacy, I think, and mm. see that it happens mm-hmm. in this. And that fallacy is called fallacy by composition, which is mm. when we assume something is true for the whole just because it's uh, uh, part of it that's that representation. Like, for instance, if you were to assume that a car is fully rubber just because you looked at a tire and a tire is rubber. <laughs> Right. right. Mm-hmm. So that that it, it, in, in the background, that's the uh, projection from the media that's being put on society. And I think people subscribe to that unintentionally. You know, mm-hmm. they see that and react to that unintentionally. Now, do you see that um, like as far as in this clip, um, do you see that as, uh, say, what the father is saying, his experience in the ghetto, <laughs> as he said, the ghetto? Um <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, I think Sheree says something similar, you know, is that mm-hmm. both people are o- like overgeneralizing groups of people, mm-hmm. you know, where or do you like so do you see it as Sheree sees it where the father and the mother are doing it, you know, to black people and then the daughter may be doing it to police officers? Or do you think it's just mainly I think parents? it's I think it's a mix. Honestly, okay. I don't think I don't okay. see one side to it. And the evidence is in the stats as we'll go into at a certain point, like the stats that everyone's referring to are not holistic to begin with, you know? Right. Right. Okay. That's cool. I like, I like that you point out ahead of time. Cause now, like you say, you know, as you're watching the clip, you can kind of realize that's what's, that's what's, what's, what's uh, going on. Um, mm-hmm. And like T said, you know, um, also a couple, maybe a couple instances of a uh, straw man that, you know, you're reframing and you're making, you know, making what they said into an argument that they're not actually, you know, that's not what they're saying. That's not what they're trying to say. Right. You falsely represent their argument and present it as if it's true. Yeah. Right. Um, And if you really want to grow, I'm, I'm, you know, a fan of, you know, Jordan Peterson and it definitely has helped me in my relationships, but you don't have conversations that are zero sum or, or where (laughs) you're trying to defeat the person you're talking to and catch, catch them or straw man. I mean, and, destroy their straw man when that's not even what they were really trying to say. You should be trying to understand what they're trying to say, you know? Um, And that's definitely not here, you know? So, I mean, you brought it up before Keith about um, the the steel man, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you want to have a good, if you're genuinely, if you're genuinely trying to have conversation and understand someone's point of view, then you'd actually create a steel man for them. Mm -hmm. You know, you create you create the strongest possible Mm -hmm. version of their argument, you know, and, once you've done that, then we can go forward. Yep. You right. know? But even then, it shouldn't be, I create a steel man for you and then try to defeat that. You know, it right. should be, all right, well, <laughs> right. here's the strongest version of your argument. Right. Does this make sense? Yep. You know, that's exactly. that's one of the one of the um, quote rules of argumentation is you mm-hmm. want to understand the position, the position and then go through together to see mm-hmm. if there are flaws, you know, um, or where the strong points are. Yep. That's, right. I mean, you guys witnessed it on previous podcasts. Like I had to, politely just let Terry know because I was asking him follow-up questions, but I let him know I'm not trying to back you into a corner to trap you. I'm mm-hmm. asking further questions to understand your position. I'm trying to steel man his argument mm-hmm. and not misunderstand or misrepresent it and then offer right. a counter and it be inaccurate because I don't understand what he's saying. So but I know in 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 the regular world we'll say um they're not used to that. Like people don't do that. So you know, the only reason you're asking me a question is because you want to point out where I'm wrong. You want to trap me somewhere. And people are really leery of answering questions that are really specific, you know, mm-hmm. and they're just leery of answering them. And I think it's because they don't want to be backed into a corner. And and that's I have to just say out loud, I'm not backing you into a corner. I'm just trying to not misrepresent you. I'm just trying to understand where you are, you know. Exactly. Basically still, man. So, man, it's right. And there's also a certain level of um, we don't properly understand why we believe the things we believe or understand what we actually believe. Exactly. You know, we haven't went yeah. through that process of dissecting our own beliefs and deducing it down to, you know, um, a very com- a common point. You know, we don't know the progression that's got to where we are. We merely have a belief. Mm-hmm. So when someone's trying to ask follow-up questions, 
we tend to take offense to it because it, it's caused you to think. And a lot of times there's a discomfort with having to actually examine mm-hmm. why you believe what you believe, you know, or realizing that you really don't have as much grounds for what you believe as what you thought you did. Right. That's a solid point. Yep. Um, maybe we should also speak about, like, I guess the, the reviewer, whoever's listening to this, mm-hmm. cut that part, by the way. <laughs> Got you. Um, uh, the other issue with stats uh, for me is prosecutor's fallacy, which basically assumes that if, so for A, given B is equal to B given A. So an example would be a dog has four legs is the same probability that something with four legs is a dog. Right. That happens <laughs> all the time with stats. You know what I mean? Yep. All mm-hmm. the time. And so, so I, w- I want to highlight that because you're going to see it with stats, like the arguments that they're making. It's not one. It's not one to one. Most mm-hmm. articles that reference points uh, that they're drawing from, it's not one to one stats. Is it? Is it politics that does that? I think it's a mix of politics. I think it's a mix of agenda. As I've researched, I always track it back to to to, to agenda. And um, yeah, I think honestly it is because think about this: the media, who's writing, who's coming up with this? Like, where's the material coming from? So it has to be politics, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think with the media, there's a there's a great level of subterfuge. You know, there's a great right. level of deceit mm-hmm. just for the intent of achieving one's purpose. Correct. You know. And at the end of the day, I mean, Rashad, without getting in details of your career or anything, you know, uh, private, you know, uh, as far as what you do, but we've talked, you know, off air. I mean, you follow the money, you know, so even with what's in their interest, I think it would be a matter of follow the money and it's in the money's interest. It's in the agenda, as you say, is what they're working on, you know. And that's, I was just talking with Terry, you know, in here in the studio yesterday, and I told him I'm really just nauseated and frustrated. Um, <laughs> I, I tend to agree with things that I hear more on Fox News than, say, CNN. But mm-hmm. I'm just as nauseated with Fox News as CNN. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so right. sick of when a, when a current event is pr- pr- presented to us through these channels, it's, it's only presented through the political, you know, uh, uh, lens, through... You know, Corona, Trump said Corona, you know, why do we have to talk about Trump right now? Unless it's literally a policy, you know, it's actually involving the president. You know, why can't you report the the death count or why can't you report what's going on with vaccines or, you know, without it being from a political narrative, you know? Um, And then that's what tells if it's is if what's happening is good or bad, because if it's our narrative or it doesn't fit our narrative or theirs, you know. Um, so unfortunately the same is, you know, same goes with, you know, the, the protests recently videos like this and whether it's racial matters or political matters. And, and I'm just nauseated with it. I don't, I don't want to hear any of them right now. <laughs> I, just, I don't. I a hundred percent agree. <laughs> I, I, I can't say anymore. <laughs> I, think that's a, um, I definitely think that's a, that's an effect of actually seeking not, I won't say the truth, you know, but actually trying to understand, you know, um, what's going on instead of just trying to confirm your own bias. You know, because when you're actually looking into it, you're trying to understand it, you see things wrong on the left and on the right, and it's like, man, I'm just sick of all of it right now. Yeah. You know, I think I think you all are just pushing your agenda. You know, right. I think that some, that there are some agendas that the outcome would be worse for the American people than others. But nonetheless, you both are pushing an agenda, mm-hmm. you know, and neither one of you are, quote, giving the devil his due. You know, <laughs> you're all looking at the other and saying, no, they're completely wrong. You're yeah. not. It's like I watch um, Stephen Crowder, you know, um, and I like a lot of what he does, but I don't think there's enough of you pointing to your quote, opponents and saying, look, they did say this. That was true. Right. right. You know, you, there's a lot of response videos about what was wrong. There's none about what was right. Mm-hmm. You know, or so mocking see that all and, and making fun of the people that are on your political side, you know. Right. And yeah. I've said it all. I've said it on every pers- Christian, Muslim, whoever, whatever the different parties are. Critique your own group more than you do mm-hmm. the opposing group. It's easy right. to throw stones at your opponent, but look internally. Like even God, you know, to right. get biblical, since it's a Christian podcast, you know, um, not a political one by nature, but even God said He's going to judge His own house first. You know, right. and if the righteous are scarcely saved, where will the ungodly appear? 
You know, right. what is the judgment for ungodly people if the righteous are barely mm-hmm. saved? You know, and just take take for winner's sake for the person who wants to win the argument. Think of how much damage you do by falsely representing the argument anyway. Right. Like if you're if you're representing an argument, I won, at the though. point for a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Go basically, ahead. yeah, like 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 you want to represent you want to work out all the fallacies, and all the kinks as much as you can to speak to the facts. And I always say, like, whenever I study, if it doesn't have tracks, it's not facts. If there's nothing that you can refer to that has some lineage or some other sources that are alternate, it's not facts. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, mm-hmm. as T would point out, confirmation bias, right? Right. So. Yep. It's easy to fall in that trap of uh, confirmation bias and cognitive dissonance, you yep. know, depending, yeah. you know. And and for those, like, we'll try, like, I always, I tell you guys that if, I, if, if we're using terms, I try to explain them or give an example like you've done, Rashad, but... For the for the audience or viewer, if you hear something you haven't heard and we don't explain it, definitely just just, just look into it. Just Google it or something yes. to get an understanding. Yeah. Because once you do, you'll start seeing a lot of times mm-hmm. you'll start seeing a lot of the faults of your own speech, you know, yeah. of your own arguments, <laughs> your own thought process. You'll be like, man, I really gotta think this through, you know. <laughs> so geez, you know, it's uh yeah. it's interesting. It's fun though. Um yeah. so uh we've we've uh definitely, man, you guys have not let me down so far. Uh, so I've enjoyed this. Well, don't worry. Uh, I'm going to definitely let you down. We're coming. Yeah. Yeah, we are on the way. I'll definitely let you down. Um, <laughs> but we probably, for the audience that hasn't seen the clip yet, we probably got them uh, waiting on the edge of their seat for more. But I definitely want to play, you know, um, I've got parts of the clip, parts of, the, you know, what she posted. Uh, which that you have to realize that in itself was edited, you know, so we didn't get the raw video. You don't know how they explain things further, how she explained things for it. We just got that, that edit, but I've edited it down to comp- the, the segments. Like they tried talking about this and then we'll stop and we'll kind of get some feedback from you guys as far as um, what makes sense, what doesn't, you know? Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and uh, show the audience uh, a little bit more and, and discuss. Do you know how many? I actually no. Shut up. No. Can you you shut your mouth for a minute? No. Yeah, we already talked about that. (laughs) Yeah, just all wrong, all wrong on all accounts. Um, And I stopped there. I wasn't anticipating us kind of dealing with it, but anything, anything you wanted or keep moving. I think that if you want, if you want respect. Then you 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 have to first dish it out, you know. And as a father, um, I understand that I am the parent. Therefore, if I speak hypothetically, you're supposed to listen. But at the same time, if I want you to listen to what I'm saying, I should respect. I should come off in a manner which generates respect, you know, and and um, would would yield some type of reciprocity, you know. But me just saying shut up. If someone told me to shut up. I'm be like, nah, cuz you got the wrong one, you know, and you, you immediately, you immediately cripple any chance of the person receiving what comes after, right. you know, after that, shut your mouth. Cause you get what you got right there. You know, you get a no and you think she's, she's going to listen to what comes after that. It's already heated. You just said, shut your mouth. Now it just raises tensions up, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And I know from, from my experience as a father, you know, um, it gets like that. It gets like that, you know, to that level where it's like, look, just just shut up for a minute. Just stop talking and because and you're, you're not hearing what I'm trying to say. But I've also learned that just with my oldest daughter coming up on 11. Right. But they're still at the age where they're not only asking questions, but it's time for us to start discussing things that they may not agree with. So and I've found and Sheree, you can testify to this after you get done yawning. But <laughs> um, I found that the more I listen, the more they listen. Mm-hmm. So if I, if I show that I'm very interested in understanding how they feel and what they think, um, they'll do the same. They'll, they'll, they'll offer me the same respect and listen to what I'm saying. And so anyway, just, you know, parents, if that's, if that's indicative of, of what goes on in your life, you know, and, and what you're experiencing. And, and if that's, if that, if you, if you experience that, you know I mean? There's a better way. There's a better way. And we'll see in the video that it completely derails and just is completely unproductive that, you know, as the parents, you have the responsibility. You're the adult. You're the parent. You're the one who ought to have the wherewithal and the capability to set a tone of, 
of respect of, you know, just, it, I think it's up to the parents. I think it's up to the parents to set that tone. And if you do it, I would say early enough. And if they, they see that a lot of times your child will meet you there. Cause that's what, that's how you raise them. That's what they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Rashad, you're thinking I can, I can smell wood burning. No, no, it's just, uh, it's amazing how all of this is coming from even the argument about systematic racism, the vestiges of things that have happened long ago that people agendas long ago, and we're still dealing with it now. It's just, it's mind blowing, you know? Right. Yeah. We got to We got to get on yeah. solid ground, man. <laughs> I think that bro, I think that in the, in the absence of an actual enemy, um, yeah. And when you have a place that is generally, generally speaking, free, you know, and is is the best place to be, you start to pick at things that may not be there, or at least to the degree which it's being portrayed. You know, it's like we want to fix every single injustice. Now, T, um, T, I don't want, I don't want to interfere with you, but don't talk about your ex girlfriend like that, okay? Ooh. <laughs> no, I was joking. Ooh. No, I was joking. I was joking. I was joking. I was joking. I had to. Sorry, I had to lighten it. I had to lighten it. I had to lighten it. Right. That was good. If, like if that's that. lighten, you know. yeah, it's necessary. It's necessary. <laughs> um, but yeah, we tend to, we tend to try to find. It's like the house, you know, that, that's clean. The house is generally clean, but. Now you see something like this little speck somewhere. You start to make a big fuss over that. And it's like, well, wait a minute. It's not even that serious. You know, um, so a lot of it is we're so pampered and we've been so coddled, you know, um, that we're, we're actually seeking out injustices, you know, and, and labeling things that are debatable as being, in this case, you know, racist. Um, and everyone has their focus on that. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I think um like like we've kind of already said, I mean, both both sides did some things wrong, both sides are trying to say some things. There's there's a little bit of truth and there's a lot of fallacy, you know. Tons um, of fallacy. Right. <laughs> so if we just admit that or if we just at least, you know, understand that going in and like we've we've already mentioned, like be more interested and, and what is true, you know, what's actually there? How do I determine that? Like you said, is there a track, you know, if there's no track to it, if there's no, um, I don't want to say evidence or anything, but, um, we ought to be interested in what our, what real problems are and what is that, you know, how do we define it? How do we know what it is? Do we watch, you know, one uh, police brutality video and say, Oh my God. Um, or do we, you know, find one stat that suits our, our, our means and say, it's not a problem. You know, mm-hmm. um, how do you really determine it when we have two sides? Like we'll see in the video, the mom saying, look at the stats, the daughter saying, let's watch the video, you know, but both of them, I think play a role to some extent or the other. And Sheree said it yesterday, what's wrong with having both? Why can't right. you look Everything. at stats and talk about that? And then why can't you watch videos and talk about the video and T right. good point. Everything. Yeah. I mean, like I said, from the gate, it seems to be a zero sum. You can't have both, you know, in this case. Um, they're making it very clear, for example, when the daughter says, I'll start caring about cops, you know, when they stop killing blacks. And <laughs> the mother responds, I'll start caring about blacks when they stop killing cops. It's like, well, hold, That's a false hold up now. Right. Yeah, what, what just happened here? You know, yeah. um, you completely on two different ends of the room. You know, it's right. two different extremes. And... There's, there's, you make it seem like we can't compromise. Like there is no middle ground here. Right. They also make it seem like if you try to be reasonable, that you're an apologist. And I don't like that either. You know, <laughs> like oh, you have to be reasonable. It has to be a compromise in order to, for things to progress. Right. So, so for yeah. instance, if you, um, you said try to be reasonable and, you know, they make you a, an apologist. So an example is if you try to, rationalize or you know i hear what you're saying there but have you considered this and they say oh so you're just defending cops right Mm -hmm. you know you're saying oh so you're saying racism doesn't exist that (laughs) that has been the the biggest pain point for me to t's point of zero sum by the way some other alternatives for understanding this if you study false dichotomy or the term mutually exclusive it's very important Mm -hmm. to understand that if a does not automatically mean then not b right like it's it's just an exercise of logic. That's really all it is in understanding this stuff, you know. 
Uh, you got to be reasonable. You can't you can't just assume that your point, if your point isn't made, then there's automatically an extreme example of the far end that says, oh, well, then this isn't the truth, you know? Right. So, right. Yeah. Do you know why they're in that position? I see these people. Do you understand the systematic and historical reason for why they're in that position? They don't care. All they want to do is be ghetto. No. <laughs> yes, there's no. some that don't, and there's good people. <laughs> no. Members, most of them just want to suck off the system or do something bad like drugs or gangs. And that's all they They have about. been oppressed. They have it not been given matter. the same the opportunities chances. you have yes, had. They do. And there's plenty of black no, they don't, Dad. Of, there's plenty of and you not recognizing that as an issue is the reason why it's still continuing today. <laughs> I see them all over. There's all kinds of successful people that are of color. It doesn't matter what color, brown, white. But it's orange, a lot harder yellow. for them to get to that it position. Doesn't... I just want to start by saying that everything we're hearing, <clears throat> this whole argument, <clears throat> You have to have a central point <clears throat> to understand what the root cause is. To me, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm left or right, it starts with the Crimes Bill Act passed in 1994. It was the largest Crimes Bill Act ever, right? Mm -hmm. It was 385-something pages. Joe Biden wrote, wrote it. <clears throat> the Black Caucus uh, co-signed it. And we're seeing a falling out of over-policing, and that's what's happening. Right. Mm. Um, when Eric Holder was in office, he was a reactionary to some of the shootings and everything he had set up prior to uh, Loretta Lynch stepping in office would have tracked data. There has been discussion to track data, uh, but it has not been consistent. And just just hearing these arguments and points we're, we're we're not on any state like to your point originally there's no ground to stand on no matter what your point of view is the data mm -hmm. isn't there we, we can't we can't step on any ground at all <clears throat> i find it weird um one the generalization that even among those in quote ghettos um that they're all that they all just want to be ghetto, you know. Um, I'm not sure that I, I I I see that as someone who's you know kind of grew up in some type of hood, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I think when you have that 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 outlook on the people there, you kind of give them up. Like there's no hope for them, you right. know. Um, and to to be fair, he did say there were some that want to do good. Um, and there are others who are animalistic. Um, but doesn't it but, seem to you that, that his argument point seemed like it was more geared as the macro, most of the people are ghetto? That's kind of how mm -hmm. I took it. I'm not mm -hmm. saying he's racist. I'm saying he seemed more ignorant than he was racist, mm -hmm. if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that doesn't seem like a racist. Not knowing. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. That didn't appear to me to be a racist remark. Mm -hmm. Unless right. you're seeking to catch him mm -hmm. saying something racist. You know, if that's right. what you're seeking, then that's what you'll get. Which, like right. Trey um, said, was the point in the camera, you know, having the camera on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, the girl said something. I, I missed it. So let me let me stop on that point. Trey, yeah, so you're getting ready to jump in? Um, she doesn't speak much, so when she does, I got to catch it. And I, I got to get that. You know, so. <laughs> Her saying um, they've been oppressed and that's why they're in the ghetto. Right. I don't agree with that. Um, there's a bunch of reasons why they're in the ghetto. And because they're oppressed, it's not number one on the list. Like, you know, um, I recently discovered tons of, of, of home buying programs uh, that are specifically geared towards people of lower income, like, I mean, crap credit score. Mm -hmm. And it's set up so you can get ahead and get a house. Yeah. Now, maybe the argument could be, well, they're not told the information. But chances are, if they're in the ghetto, then they're in the system. And it's plastered all over the walls and pamphlets and brochures and stuff like that. If you were to go in a social service building, Every person gets a social worker. If they were to ask, how do I get out the hood? How do I get a house? All you gotta do is ask. Mm -hmm. You might not know 
the, the, the information might not be presented to you, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And I, I do his ex, you know what I mean? I don't know. So in a way, I kind of see what the, what the father was talking about, saying the way he said it was crappy, but mm-hmm. they're comfortable in their position. Mm-hmm. Some. He shouldn't have said it the way he said it because he really generalized that. That was my problem. Like, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. All of them just want to suck off the system. No. Like, you know what I mean? Um, what he's actually however, saying is the only ones I've really seen, you know, what I yeah. see out there. And I see, I see people doing this. And that's, Therefore, like you all... said, he said it really crappy and not to yeah. excuse. But right. what he's really saying, if the daughter was interested in trying to understand what her father's trying to say, is like, man, you have to see what I see when I'm out there, though. I don't see upstanding citizens. I don't see, you know, I see people doing drugs, selling drugs, acting lawless, you know. And so I, I, I'm sorry to to interject. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, if, if you had more, Sheree. No, I was going to say, um, we've all either been in the hood, lived in the hood, grew up in the hood, and we all know that there are people out there that's just sitting back collecting checks. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so we, we've seen them, we've encountered them or whatever. We also know there's some people that um, are trying to get out of that situation, or that was just like a starter for them uh, to get somewhere else or whatever. So again, the generalization of it all, saying like they're all this and they're all that, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling that either. It's crazy hey, though. And we can say that. We can say um, us. And I'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna say black people. We can say, <laughs> you know, oh man, is people want to get on man? And you know, this chick, all she want to do is just like I seen whatever, and she just have kids collecting checks. She just sit back collecting checks. She don't want to get jobs. She don't want to do anything or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, we can say that. You can't. Because right. if you say it, it's racist. Right. You right. can't point that out. Like, you know what I mean? Only we can. And, right. and if you say it, we might know it'd be true, but you can't say it. Like, right. you know, it, that's <laughs> kind of weird. Like, yeah, I don't uh, know. Yeah. <laughs> I think the book, um, there's a book called Authentic, Authentically Black or Inauthentically yeah. Black. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But that reflects that same sentiment where there's a lot of things said and noted in the Black community that can't be said to anyone else, you know, like you can't take these truths outside of the black community, even though within the black community, they know it to be true. But when you speak it publicly, they label you as Uncle Tom, you know, or mm-hmm. act as if you're you're saying something that is, is strange and foreign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, for instance, T, to your point, um, whenever you make the case against Democrats uh, without anyone speaking to the history of Democrats being white mob, poor, you know, lower class. Um, if you try to make that argument, generally speaking, for me as a black person, then you're viewed as an Uncle Tom, right? Mm-hmm. You're viewed as a person who's an apologist. And so I don't appreciate that, especially given the fact that not every African-American has the same history or story. Like me and you, mm-hmm. we grew up in Section 8, right? Like I had police pull guns on me three times in my life. I didn't do anything, right? Not to get anecdotal, mm-hmm. but this is like a reality for me. I know my history. I am. I come from Moors, you know, like uh, Sam D. Burris is a Moor. He's my fifth grade uncle, you know, Saul Matthews, uh, Mark Matthews. You know, I know where I come from, but like not every black person does, right? So mm-hmm. there, there's a false blanketed view. And um, I don't think it's fair that it's it's grouped together and people subscribe to the same view of pain that haven't actually experienced it, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, right. I was getting ready to uh, point out the fact that you all lived in the same exact neighborhood and right. uh, none of you actually live there now. Yeah. To Sheree's point, you know, you all come from the same exact neighborhood. and But now, I mean... Arguably, Rashad, you're doing the best. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm hey, impressed hey, with what you've done with your life, man. Yeah. Throw that in there, but, you know. But I do want to be fair with the the education aspect because, like, I like I, I can't speak for Sheree or T, but honestly, I didn't know. I didn't even, like. I had there was no Google when I looked up college. I didn't know what college was, right? I never mm-hmm. knew what <laughs> certain things in society was. So there is an element of ignorance where people want what they want because they don't know better. Right. right. And mm-hmm. I think I was just fortunate to have mentors and situations that put me in. So I, I will say I do partially subscribe to that. I do understand that and, and believe that is a reality for yeah. a lot of people. You know, gotcha. yeah. Yeah. I did think there was a problem, though, with the girl making the um, the reason of something singular. Mm-hmm. Like you can't make the reason why people are in the ghetto systemic oppression. Right. You know, because I think there are a myriad of reasons why 
people end up in that position, why they stay in that position. Um, I think right. part of it um, goes back to the predictors of success, you know, um, staying in school, graduating, you know, waiting until you're married mm-hmm. to have children. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's waiting until you're roughly 25, you know, um, before you have children. These things set you up for success. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you do, if you betray either one of those, you're more likely to end up in an impoverished area. You know, and we see a, a much higher rate of fatherless homes. You know, I think all of these things, and we have crime bills, you know, we have we have welfare state. There are many factors, many variables as to why people end up in that position. But when you just label it systemic oppression, which <laughs> to assume, mm-hmm. I would venture to say that she's referring to racism, you know, or to, uh, to slavery, you know, and, and the the head start that blacks lacked, you know, mm-hmm. um, yes, there were, that was a, an issue that was a quote stain, um, looking at it today, but blacks as a whole have done actually very well considering fort mobility, you know, considering where we are today versus where we were. Um, I believe it's, uh, Thomas Sowell who made a statement that you don't see any other oppressed group who's made the strides that blacks have made after being under such a great oppression, right. you know, it's, it's almost like, um, again, I'll take it biblical for a second. Um, the quote, you know, Joshua generation, you know, Moses generation was in the wilderness and didn't see the promised land. Mm-hmm. So, you know, equate that to the actual slaves, you know, before their emancipation and before, you know, their free freedom. Um, but the generation that, well, those that left slavery, like immediately after slavery, I say it's almost like a when you cage something up or bottle something up and shake up a soda and you pop the bottle, it explodes out. But there was like an explosion mm-hmm. of of black success, of education, of mm-hmm. intellectuals, of mm-hmm. and it was it's it's historically impressive. Mm-hmm. Um so the people that came out of slavery and and the generation right after did extremely well, considering, mm-hmm. even considering the the late start. They did a great job catching up. Um, You then have Jim Crow and, um, you know, the crime, you know, to 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 round them back up again, you know, to to pull them back, you know. But I think I mean, Rashad, you mentioned the 94 crime bill. I think that's probably the most relative to our time, you know, right now. But I but I do want to represent the argument fully. And I do subscribe to the argument that there are still pieces, vestiges of it that affect mm-hmm. us from the standpoint of wealth. Um, and I don't want to go too far in history. I want to go back. But I would say if you start back with black codes, slave codes, for instance, one thing I don't think most people recognize is that for um, what was called black codes, there was other thing, another thing called vagrancy laws, mm-hmm. which uh, even if if you were caught unemployed, or loitering or gathering around in a, in a group, you would be put into uh, the legal system. And then there's obviously uh, conviction le- uh, leasing and things like that that basically put people in this state. So I get that argument. I want to make sure that that whoever's listening doesn't think that we're all just saying it, it can't be. It's discounted uh, completely. You know, Absolutely. I don't want them to think that. You know? Right. Because right. it isn't. It's, it's a reality. You know? Very good point. And, and to that point, I think um, it's something that the nice little loophole in the 13th amendment, something <laughs> ought to have been done with that, you know, cause that's what they used, yes, you know, exactly. to, like, I, like I was saying for a person who doesn't really understand. Right. What and that's, that's yeah. what I was saying when I said, like, after they exploded, there was like an effort to round them back up and, and pull, yeah. pull them back. And that was one of them, the vagrancy right. laws and such. Um, but you know, the 13th amendment abolishing slavery, you know, um, there's what I would just call a loophole that the only exception is to a prisoner, you know, mm-hmm. to someone who's committed a crime and that's, that's, um, you know, uh, incarcerated, that, <laughs> that same right is not afforded to them. And, you know, right. I, I kind of, not that this is all about that, but my, my personal opinion is something needs to be done about it. I'm, I'm more okay. If yeah. it's a matter of, let's say their labor, you know, is, um, paying for their stay, you know, like if I commit, mm-hmm. if, if I murder someone and now you guys have to pay, what, what does it cost? It's like 40 grand a year or something for a prisoner, right. you know? So now you guys, the taxpayers have to pay for that because to take care of me. So I can see there being a just means for me to pay for my stay by producing something, but no, it's highly pri- pri- uh, privatized and companies like JC Penney and Victoria's Secret and whatnot, 
main big companies are basically using it like China, you know, slave, uh, you know, uh, uh, workers. Um, right. And I don't think it 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 should be there, or it should be allowed to be there as a loophole to get cheap labor. Uh, that's not at all. Not at all. No. Yeah. No. Um, because like I, I always focus on wealth because I think that's where the true winning factor is. Like if you didn't realize it was a race and someone's on a motorcycle and you wake up and it's like we're racing, you're behind, you know, <laughs> like and so I think it gets misrepresented and people say, well, black people are shining. They're excellent. They have resilience. It doesn't matter if you just do the math of economics and see that it's 800. And they say the average Caucasian family, 880,000 and mm -hmm. uh, something like that in wealth compared to blacks, which is 150. A thousand in wealth, and then by 2053, for blacks, it'd be zero. And this is a stat, by the way, so yeah. don't quote me on it. So, right, right, you know, right. with stats, it can't be. But basically, that's important to understand. You're in a race, like you have people that are quote unquote resilient, like me, Sheree, and, and T. And uh, at the end of the day, what would our argument matter if we don't end up having wealth in the end to, to, to show mm -hmm. that, you know, so we're just good at tap dancing, but what do you have to show for it kind of thing? So you're Solid. saying the last 20 years that I personally surrounded myself <laughs> with black folks, I, I should be getting to know white people that got this wealth. That's what you're saying. That, that's what the stats I, are saying. I've made some serious life, uh, <laughs> some misdirections. I made some missteps in life. Hey, um, it's, it's not too late to get out of here. Man. <laughs> right. You know, I, I can't speak for T, but I'm not the best friend. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I would um, like to look at the uh, reasons outside of inherited wealth mm -hmm. um for the for the numbers being so skewed um against blacks uh and in favor of white wealth because not all white people inherited yeah. wealth that's like, exactly know. exactly um, my point in 1860s the censuses showed that there was 395,000 uh, uh slave masters that were pr pr like rich white wealthy mm -hmm. and 20 million uh, white poor whites who who are the Ku Klux Klan and and such basically right members yeah so that's why there was the massacre Colfax it was, it was a massacre of uh, Memphis the massacre of um, or the Wilmington insurgent Tulsa Red Summers of 1919 all of that are reactionary to poor white people that can't build wealth mm -hmm. I'm yeah. yeah I was getting ready to say I mean it, it tends to be people in poverty that hate the most because you have every reason to hate you know you're miserable already you don't have success where I can see the rich, like the really wealthy. I, I don't even, I'm not a fan of like 1% ideology. I think it's more like the zero zero one percent that are really doing things. You know, I don't oh, think yeah. there's 30 million people that are running the world, you know, are running yeah. America. I think it's, you know, you know the numbers better than I do, but I think it's a very small group. But nonetheless, um, but I don't think it's, it's necessary. They may have prejudice and bias. I don't know, but I'm just guessing. But I think they're probably too rich and too calculating. That they make things based on wealth, based on money, based on finances, not based on I hate that person, you know, or those people. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Um, but I can see the motive um, for hate coming from poverty, you know. Yeah. Whites in poverty. I'm not even sure if it's necessarily poverty as much as it is um, like relative poverty. Um, mm -hmm. Not necessarily being in poverty, but not having as much as you see someone else with. Right. Right. You know, because uh, you can have. I think we, we see it you, like with, um, with foreigners, uh, foreign, foreign born blacks who, who come to America, mm -hmm. they're not in the best communities, but you also don't, a lot of times you don't see the same amount of crime reflected, you know, mm -hmm. um, so they're, they're also in quote poverty, but mm -hmm. we don't see the same, um, the same effects mm -hmm. uh, what we, what we see in, um, in the hoods that we came up in. Right. Right. You know, which is where I would also, I would also wonder where um, what's being considered in the stats that reference, you know, black and white wealth. Uh, because again, when you look at more of the West Indies and the, the, the foreign born um, blacks that come over, they seem to generate mm -hmm. a lot more wealth. They have a lot different ex of an experience than American born blacks. See, I think that it deals with the timing of it. They came here after certain uh, laws were passed against housing, discriminating us from having housing. And the wealth that we couldn't get before and the ignorance and education is now, again, a vestige that they they completely circumvent because they come here at mm -hmm. a certain point when that's over with mm -hmm. and they build it. And not, not to give excuses or, or say that, again, right. like an apologist, but I think that's realistically what happens. They mm -hmm. already know the game. They come in. They know what they're doing. We're playing around, you know, playing video games and Tekken, yep. you know, and, and <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Yeah. Which, by the way, I'll destroy any of you in tech and yeah. money track. <laughs> There's a challenge right. on air. We we have okay. it live. There's a challenge. Anybody can get it. So, yeah. It, my 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 username is he's better than me. So okay. so that when I beat you, you think he's better than me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> that was whack. <laughs> I can't relate no to your intellectual level, so of course it's whack to you. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Sheesh. Um, uh, how, earlier, earlier, um. You was mentioning about like you know not knowing anything um, as far as or not being told like you you were saying about like you know college like what's that like you know um, uh, and I'm thinking hold on buying a house like I I didn't know that like it, until we had to actually go look and get a house because out of necessity we had to move mm -hmm. so and um, my cousin was telling us about all these programs I never knew existed like you know what I mean so yeah it's not presented to us you know what I mean. But I don't know. Had I asked a social service person? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, but one thing that I I think also contributes to, not that we was talking about this, but um, skewing the numbers between uh, uh, blacks and whites and wealth, I think, uh, and when I say this, people get mad, but <laughs> uh, like the black victimhood, I think if we knew, like if, if we knew historically if we were taught the greatness that blacks, you know, mm -hmm. achieved, mm -hmm. yeah, then it would make it to us seem like it's probable for us to get that too. Yeah. But when all that is hidden from us and we're just told you're nothing, you're slaves, um, you're oppressed, mm -hmm. you'll never get out, you're you're this, you're this, you're this, like all yeah. that negativity, you know what I mean? Then like beating you down, and then it's just, well, I can never get out of here. Why would I try? I can't get right. a house. Like, why would I go apply? I can't, you know what I mean? And and then you're you're put in this victimhood uh, scenario situation where you have the mindset that you'll never get out. Why try? Why right. would you to get a house? And, and think about the people who are in control of that narrative. Like, for instance, the Confederate flag, right? The Confederation. It was only five years. What, 1961 or 1965? Mm. Yet they've lived this long with this argument of, quote unquote, you know, this is our heritage. It's only it was only five years, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have the UDC, which are United Daughters of Confederation, that put up monuments. It's very important to Google and know who they are. And they created a heroic view to the that basically romanticized mm -hmm. uh, the the Confederates as heroes. Whereas for us, knowledge is being the Mansa Musas and the Yasuks and all of that. Uh, Marx, uh, not Marx, uh, Franz Fanon's are being obfuscated and removed from history, and the narrative is being told by. You know, what is ever whatever's in the best interest of keeping uh, a Christian narrative or a whitewashed Christian narrative, I, I would say that's just mm -hmm. my point of view, mm -hmm. you know, because yeah. let's, let's get it straight. The, the, the board of Texas, is that is that what it's called? Texas board basically decides the market for education. It's all around. That's why you have like Texas instruments and all of these type yep. of mm -hmm. devices, because they're the ones that decide the level of education. And yeah. so if you remember the state of Texas at that time, you have obviously Juneteenth mm -hmm. as one indicator, but you have everything from uh, the second uh, Klan, the second uh, Ku Klux Klan converting into Masonics in the 1920s that heavily influenced politics there in Texas and Denver in these areas. You know, and so you have that narrative being uh, constantly uh, put onto society, I would say, right? right. Forced onto society. Mm -hmm. And like you said, ha I don't think having wealth uh, hurts you mm -hmm. to fulfill mm -hmm. your agenda, you know, having the right. money and the means yeah. uh, right. to not only control or, or manipulate, but even, you know, uh, construct statues and memorials yeah, and, yeah. and history books. And, you know, um, yeah. Like, how did they have the money to do that? Like, I'm thinking it, it was only five, like that. That blows to this. It blows my mind. If you Google Confederate flag and Confederation. 1961 Right, Templar. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, guys. So we are we are at time for this one, and I, you know, for those of you listening, I really appreciate you guys listening. Um, hopefully, you've enjoyed the discussion as much as I personally have so far. Um, but what we want to do, we're going to wrap up for now. But stay tuned for part two, where we're going to actually dive in, where the mom, 
you know, she starts uh, quoting statistics from 2017, and then the daughter responds with other statistics. And so what we want to do is we actually want to try to take a look at what they're saying um, to take to kind of walk through uh, not only the statistics, but have a conversation about the role, the stats that we have, like the role that they play. They're, they're, um, Rashad, you mentioned them not being necessarily holistic, and there's some other issues, you know, but we're going to dive into stats, stats related to try to get a grasp on what's the reality here or the best sense of reality we can find. So uh, if that interests you, please stay tuned for part two. Uh, thank you very much. And again, axe242.com uh, for more. Rashad, thank you. Thank you.